Hi friends, this is Jonathan Frizz, founder of 10 Days. Earlier this year, I did a series of interviews with my good friend, Greg Healy, attempting to do an in-depth telling of the 10 Days story. 10 Days is a movement that began in 2004. Since then, God has enabled it to expand into a global prayer and unity movement. Trust me, it's taken a lot longer than I initially thought, but after 17 years, it's incredible to see the original vision unfolding before our eyes. Over the years, I've cast vision for 10 days hundreds of times, probably thousands. I've become adept in sharing about 10 days in 30 seconds, five minutes, or 30 minutes, however long they're willing to give me. If it's a really, really good day, I might get an hour to share, which means I can usually get into some pretty cool testimonies. It's been on my heart for some time to do a longer, more leisurely telling where we could really dive deep into the history, the God encounters, the miracles, the mistakes, and the mysteries of this incredible journey. This is the prophetic history of the movement, how we've grown from small beginnings to where we are today. It's also a personal history, a history of faith, fear, tragedy, disappointment, love, and learning how to follow Jesus. In my case, that's often meant learning the hard way. I think this will be an encouragement and an inspiration to you both because of the amazing things that have happened and continue to happen, but also because of the failures and mistakes we've faced along the journey. Hopefully you can avoid some of these pitfalls or else when you encounter whatever you need to encounter and go through what you need to go through, you'll at least know a few things not to do. Following Jesus is the most beautiful thing I can even imagine, but it's also the most painful and it costs us everything. However, at the end of the day, what else are we going to do with our short lives? Why not decide to give everything to the only one found worthy in heaven and on earth, the one who gave everything to make us his own? I hope you enjoy this series. And remember, please subscribe to our podcast as well. These are podcast exclusives, and we hope that you will be encouraged and enjoy them. God bless. My name is Jonathan Frizz, and I'm here with my good friend, Greg Healy. Um, Greg and I work together on the 10 Days of Prayer movement. We're both part of the overall leadership team for the 10 Days movement. And today, we're going to just be having a conversation about some of the 10 Days story. Uh, we're actually going to do a series of these, um, just kind of telling the story from even before 10 Days started to um, all the way to the present day. So, Greg, I'm looking forward to talking with you about this today. I am too, Jonathan. I'm sure our audience wants to hear about how this all started. So you're the founder of 10 Days of Prayer. You heard from the Lord on this. Take us back to 2004 when you were at school and um, you had this journey that you were on uh, starting in the beginning of that year, your senior year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So my senior year, I was trying to discern um, basically what, what God wanted me to do with my life. And um, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so I didn't know who I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew what I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So I didn't want to go into ministry. And I was in this season of personal awakening, and I was actually struck. I'm like feeling called into ministry, and I was like, Lord, I even kind of want to do this. I don't know how you got me to change my mind. Um, But there was one moment Um, that was what I would kind of describe almost a pre-10 days experience. Um, 
So I traveled uh, from Santa Fe, New Mexico to St. Louis to surprise my dad. It was on his 50th birthday. Oh, good for him. And, um, you know, I just felt like it was this moment of uh, just really honoring him, sure, loving him, surprising him. And then um, it was a pretty amazing day. I'm not going to get into all the details of that. But out of that experience, I had planned to take this road trip across the country. And I'd never been to Montana. For some reason, I really wanted to go there. Just because. Just because. wanted a road trip. Just because. But the purpose of the trip was I was going to take this entire trip to just pray, to spend time fasting, reading the Bible. Like, mm. it was going to be kind of wholly given over to God. Nice. And I had these questions like, God, who do you, you know, what do you want me to be when I grow up? Uh, I'm about to graduate. <laughs> what does this calling look like? And so I took this road trip, I think it was maybe six or seven days. I drove about a thousand um, miles every day in my 86 Lincoln town car. Hopefully your foot was better in those days than it is today. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little older now, <laughs> so I'm a little rougher for wear when I, when I travel that much. Sleep, you know, sleeping in the car, um, it, was, it was a pretty amazing um, road trip. But how it started up was I started out and I had all these like really intensive encounters with the Lord, spiritual experiences. And then as the trip went on, you know, it was like, oh man, it got really hard. It got really hard. It was really hard to pray, hard to find God. I was feeling super lonely. Mm. Were um, you alone on the trip? I was alone. I was wow. alone. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I was even having a hard time getting places because it was March and, you know, the Yellowstone sure. Park was snowed in. I'm, I'm just out you know, driving around the country. So who's sitting in class while you're taking this great road trip it was, all it was, over the place? You know, this thing they call spring break. You've yeah, heard of I this. See. This yeah. is your sanctified <laughs> spring break. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've heard other people do other things, but this was what I was doing. And, um, but what happened is, you know, I started to experience after maybe four or five days, this breakthrough in prayer that was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. Wow. The presence of God was just flooding me. Um, and so it was this like real struggle at times to get there. And then all of a sudden, wham, like I was experiencing God as never before. Yeah. Um, and one of the images God gave me to kind of understand it, it was actually a vision. I didn't know what a vision was at that point, but it was, you know, the Lord showing me something in my mind. It was like a tree. And okay. he showed me that what had happened was it was like I had, I was a tree that had grown like a whole year in just a few days. And it wow. was this intensive six, seven day season of seeking God. So I came out of that experience and I knew like four things. Um, I knew my calling had to do with John 17. Mm -hmm. I was called to, um, you know, bring unity to the church. Jesus's prayer was like a defining feature of my calling. Mm -hmm. I knew that um, prayer was going to be key to that, hmm. that, that prayer was going to be central I knew that it was going to result in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I knew that out of that, there was going to be a great harvest. And then I knew somehow this all tied into like the return of Jesus. Hmm. That, that was kind of what I came out of this experience. And you just knowing. had a sense of those things. Right. There, there were, Nothing particularly to point out. There were different moments where just like God would, would speak it to me. And it was in all different ways. Um, some of which was just in the scriptures where like, I'd be right. listening to the scriptures and they were just on fire. Um, and I was like, whoa, this is how to read the Bible. You know? <laughs> Not like, you know, bored, but whoa, the, you know, with, with God's presence on it. 
And um, so I came out of that experience and um, got back and actually some very weird things were happening on our college campus uh, that were kind of demonic. I'm not going to get into that, but it was a very interesting moment. To, it's almost like it is New Mexico. Uh, yeah, it was almost like coming out of this spiritual high and then coming into what people, you know, it was, I won't get into it, but there was a rape on campus and there was just a real weird vibe happening. Oh. Um, it, and um, I do think it was demonic, but I came out of that. But you almost had a perception, having spent that time away with God, acutely of like what was going oh, on. Oh my! Oh my goodness! Yeah, it couldn't. It was like going. It was like going from night to day. I mean, it right. was just so dramatic. And um, but that that trip was so defining. And as you know, those things I mentioned are things. Yeah. Basically, still what we're still what I'm doing, and it, it gave me faith to have kind of a non-typical calling because I just knew so clearly. Out of that, okay, God's called me to do something a little bit different. So I came back home, um, and so I've still got a couple, you know, months left in school. And I had this picture in my head, and like I said, I'm not, I wasn't from a charismatic background, or a, right. you know, people talk about hearing from God. I was kind of like, I don't even know what that means. Because your dad was a pastor of an evangelical church. Yeah, and, yeah, my dad's a great, great man of God, but just in my upbringing, that wasn't part of... Um, our experience, or maybe people talked about it sometimes, but sure. I, I didn't, you know, doesn't matter. I didn't know about it. So I, um, I had this picture in my head and I was like, this is weird, but I think this picture in my head is God talking to me. Okay. <laughs> it's good that you're not talking to yourself. Right, right, right. Or maybe, I mean, I, but it was a picture were. of these point. It was like a net. Okay. And the net had points of light and then there were lights coming out and right. connecting as in a net and I was like I think the points are churches right. and I think the strings of the net the strands of the net are prayers oh interesting and so I was like I think God wants me to start a prayer network networking that would connect together. churches right in unity through, through prayer. prayer right and so that was the sense I had from the, the Lord, Lord picture yeah, yeah, and at the same point in time, um, I was reading about and hearing about these situations in in other places of transformation, right? Uh, where cities were being transformed, or there was like miraculous things happening in, in various cities and places, and I was thinking, huh, I think I'm like called to be a part of that, cool. and I think this net is part of what that is. So it was a pretty cool experience. So you're talking about like the transformations videos by uh, George Otis of documenting like what these crazy miracles that were happening around the world and transforming of cities. Right, right. I feel like I can't remember if I had seen, I almost think I hadn't, no, actually I hadn't seen you them had at that point. You had not seen okay. But you're but familiar with what we're talking about. I am. Right? I would see them shortly thereafter, but what was filling my heart was like this hunger to see that. I remember writing yeah. about like could a whole city be right. changed? And yeah. so there was this hunger in my heart. Um, and even just on my own campus, I was praying and seeing God move miraculously in various ways, shifting the atmosphere of, of different things. And, um, you know, so anyway, I was filled with this passion to see like a whole city changed. Like not business as usual. You wanted to see radical, dramatic change. Dramatic, sweeping revival. Yeah, yes. with unity. And um, 
So I had this picture in my head and I, it kind of got interpreted for me in a very specific way. Mm. So out of college, I felt like God wanted me to start a prayer network in the city where I lived of Santa Fe. Right. And um, so I was like, okay, the churches are um, the dots, the prayers are the lines. So I, I've, I need, I don't, like, I don't know how to do this, but I think I need to start a <laughs> prayer network and somehow the churches need to pray for each other. And so, um, like I mentioned, I was, maybe I didn't mention it, I was a philosophy student. And did you have a relationship at all in Santa Fe with these churches or no? I had a, I had a, I went to a church, but I didn't really know. I mean, I was friends with obviously the pastor of my church. Sure. But I didn't really know anybody else. And this idea of starting something from scratch and being obedient to God in this way was like, it was terrifying to me. And I had a little bit of social anxiety, just like. Sure. Even just going and talking to someone. Even like this right now. I'm feeling it. Right. <laughs> it's a little awkward. When you make fun of me, it, it makes it worse. <laughs> and then I laugh. Um, and uh, no, I mean, I was like, I was terrified to do this. I didn't know what it would mean. Sure, you're young. Never tried this. Right, right. And so I was talking it through um, with a friend of mine. And basically, he just called me out. He said, you're being basically you're being a coward. Wow. And like in a loving he was loving about it, but it was like a kick in the pants. It was like It was a good thing. Yeah, no, it was you a didn't really get insult offended, I guess. No, no, no. He was like, You you need to stop complaining. You need to get out there and do what God's told you to do. Mm. And then he said, You probably already know where to start. Oh. So when he said that, it was like the fear broke off my mind and I realized I knew where to start. Good for him. So he almost had a word of knowledge there about it. Yeah, and yeah. And that broke something off of you. Right, right. So the f so I was still afraid, but now I knew where to start. So I go to this first church, and I'm so fearful coming in. Like I don't like. So I just I just showed up. I, I just it wasn't like a hey, can I come in a place? Just I just showed up. I walk in. I'm like. Can I speak to a pastor? I'm like terrified. Can I speak to a pastor? <laughs> They're like, well, the main pastor isn't here, but you can speak to the associate pastor. So like, it's like saying, uh, can I speak to the owner? <laughs> I'm trying to sell this Cutco knife. Right. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I was also exploring going into Cutco sales at that same time, which I didn't. Um, <laughs> good, for, good for you. <laughs> I know you like pyramid schemes, but Let's leave it to the business. Was problem. the Cutco one? Was that a word of knowledge? I don't know. So anyway, I come into this associate pastor's office and I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm afraid. And I'm like, I don't think I got out five words. I was like, prayer, unity. <laughs> wow. So and you were, yeah. I was like really afraid. You, you were almost like out of yourself. I was, I was, <laughs> I was out there. So this pastor, um, bless him. He just said, son. It sounds like you're hearing from God. Oh, wow. That's so good. And even though I could barely articulate what I was saying, he recognized I was someone who was having like a spiritual, you know, like God yeah. was calling me. I was trying to be obedient. He could see that. Mm. And he just like took me under his wing. I, all of a sudden I started to feel comfortable. The fear started to fall off. And this church is where the pastor's group in Santa Fe met. Oh, wow. And so, so he knew a thing about Right. Unity. And so the unity in the city was kind of concentrated there. So from that point on, I was involved in that pastor's group. Wow. So it's from like God's from, providence. Oh, totally providential. So from that point, 
I, over the summer, I went and visited 49 different churches wow. in the city of Santa Fe. Or no, it was, I think it was 50. I can't remember. Wait, wait. A lot. Approximately. Yeah, a lot. And it was mostly calling them on the phone. Hey, uh, I'm Jonathan Frizz. We're trying to get a prayer network going. <laughs> and, you know, would you mind if I came by and talked to you, setting up a time and just showing up and talking with people? And we got 39 churches to agree to be part of this prayer network. Wow. And the commitment was that on Sunday you'd pray for three other churches in the region. Okay. And um, so you had your three churches assigned to you. They would pray, you know. And That's it, pretty good uptake, 39 out of 50. No, it was. That's a, good. It was amazing. No and one I, hung up on you? <laughs> I had a lot. Of, so I had every manner of response that you can imagine from a very positive, like, hey, we're totally in, we're of one heart, to very negative, um, to negative, but yet they can't say, it's like, how do you say no to praying for other Christians, right? Right. Um, and even that to this day is part of the 10 days model of gather at least two or three churches together to pray, right? So. Right, right, right. And so this also starts, so I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I work, I had started to have this realization. I work for God. <laughs> like God told me to do something. How does he pay? <laughs> does he pay, pay pretty good? That's like another story. All right. But um, good question though. <laughs> I'm like, I work for God. I'm, and I was just realizing this is what I've always wanted to do. That's, and it was just this great. incredible feeling of I'd never known what I wanted to do. Now I was doing it. And then I had just heard this from God. I didn't even like, I'm like, I think this is God talking. Launched out, done it, and it happened. And I was like, wow. Wow. That was the favor cool. and grace of God was on this. Yes. Yes. So... Um, that, did you know that? You must have known that. You must have sensed that all I, I, I don't think I did. I don't think oh, I would have had understand. language okay. for what that was. Um, you and just knew it was working. I just knew this is what I was supposed to do, or at least as much as I perceived it. Mm. And that when I kind of launched out in faith, it was really difficult. Mm. And yet God got behind it and it happened. Wow. Um, but I was also seeing a lot of the problems with some of the unity stuff. Like I would go to churches and they had signed up to pray for these three other churches. And of course, they're not praying for them. <laughs> they made the commitment and, and they didn't, no. do, you know, and I'm like, well, how do we even enforce this? And, you know, so I'm, I'm starting to with the rod. Right, right. I'm starting to see, OK, this unity, this John 17 thing is, is pretty challenging. Sure. Um, but what I also started to do was I just started praying for all of these churches. So I really took it to heart, like on a mm. daily basis, I'm gonna cry out to God for all of these congregations. I, I would call them my churches. I was, I don't even, you know, <laughs> just not in the sense of ownership, but just in is the sense like, it's of- It's like my pillow. <laughs> which is where you lay your head at night, right? Of course. Um, <laughs> just in the sense of, um, I, felt, I felt like a spiritual responsibility to pray for them and a sense of like investment um, from that's, having met with amazing. all of these leaders and pastors. And Don't you love how priests. God does that? He like gives us like the, almost the interest, the family interest in a person to desire to pray for them. And it's almost like, it, where did this come from? You know, it must be God. You right, know? right. And, and so at that point I had applied to um, go to seminary. Um, I was planning to go to seminary that fall, but I realized 
okay, I can't leave Santa Fe yet because this is something that needs some maintenance, but it wasn't taking up all my time anymore because it was set up. But, you know, there is, you know, maintenance, sending emails, following up of course, with people. There's a lot of uh, on the ground work. And so I just realized we needed to, I needed to stay at least another year. And so that was, that was kind of the season immediately prior to the 10 days vision. Right, so we're talking about the beginning of 2004 through till the summer, end of summer sort of season. Yeah, towards, right the, towards the end of summer. Um, why don't we, let's share, let's. You wanna shift into that next season was, which is sort of, if that was the prequel, you know, then you kind of got a download. Like, you wanna talk about that? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. So, out of this experience of starting the Santa Fe Prayer Net, um, I got, like I said, I got it into my head. Now I work for God. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I've always wanted to do. And, but then I was like, okay, I finished that. So what do people who work for God do when they don't know what to do next? <laughs> and you're not just a pastor like your dad. And he's had like the prior pastor to look after and a, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, a hymn book to follow. And well, well, no, I mean, some things are like an ongoing task, you know, but other things are like, I had just kind of done this assignment. Yes. And I was, I was like, well, what's my next assignment? And you're not a pastor of a church like the fellow that you met. Right. You were something else. And I don't even know what I am. That's, what that's the that? other, you know, those points I gave you last in the last conversation, it was, John 17, unity, yeah, yeah. prayer, right. uh, the Holy Spirit, and a great harvest, and something about the return of the Lord. That, that's what I knew, but I didn't Is know. Is that like an associate pastor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing. Um, but I had this sense, okay, what do I do next? And so I started asking God, how can I be part of seeing... Jesus get the answer to his prayer in John 17. That was like really on my heart. Lord, I just believed with all my heart that Jesus was going to get what he prayed for. Yeah. And so I was asking him, great phrase. how can I be part of that? And then the second question is like, God, what do you want me to do next? And still like, what is my life kind of calling look like? What am I even doing? Uh, I, it's, I know it's got to do with all these things. Right, because it doesn't fit into the traditional models of how people lead churches and, or other para-ministries. So, uh, certainly, and it certainly wasn't anything I had seen modeled. Right. So I, you There's know. no father to go to and say, hey, show me how to do Right, that. I had great um, oh, spiritual right. leaders in my life and people who were speaking into my life, but no one who I could look at and say, oh, that's, that's what I'm doing. Right. That would come uh, later. I would have more people like that, but at the time I didn't. And so I was reading Daniel chapter 10 and in Daniel 10, Daniel does a 21 day fast and yep. it's a Daniel fast. <laughs> and at the end of it, um, you know, he was in mourning for this time. And then at the end of it, an angel appears to him and tells him about basically about the end times. Sure. And um, so I was like, well, Daniel worked for God. This worked for Daniel. I, I was just hearing reports, you know, people who took the Bible like literally in these ways were seeing results. I'm like, okay, I need to just, I'm just going to do what Daniel did and I'm going <laughs> to see what happens. And so I entered into this 21 day. Ah, so I was inspired by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I entered into this 21 day Daniel fast and I was in this season of real closeness to the Lord mm. um, throughout the summer 
even with all the challenges, it was like, wow, it was like exciting. God was with me. My prayer life was like, you know, awesome. It was just good. Like, it was good to be with the Lord. And as soon as I started this fast, I just felt like the hand of God just came off of me. And I just, I felt awful. And I was like, kind of like on your road trip and halfway. Yeah, kind of like on the road. That's very similar. Yeah. Like on the road trip was an example of that where there was this initiatory experience that was very dynamic and some real powerful encounters that I didn't share, but um, things that I was just like, wow, God, that was you. Mm. And then a really dry period. Yep. And then through persevering, breaking into kind of a new grasp. So it was the same on this fast. Um, Interesting. I, and, and honestly, I was, in hindsight, I didn't realize at the time, I was like, God, what do you want me to do next? I was even thinking of entertaining some pretty crazy ideas like that later on I was like, wow, that really wasn't God. Um, <laughs> you won't but, share those with us. Now. No, I will share. I mean, I, so like I was, I was thinking, I was toying in my mind with, well, maybe I should just go out on the road and be like a wandering monk with like no... <laughs> a wandering monk? Like, I you know, didn't even thought, I thought monks were like cloistered away. I know, in the this, was like a hi, this was a hybrid. And I was just thinking like, you know, like that, maybe that's really what God wants me to do. And um, so, and you know, as I've read church history, there's other people who have, who have done things like this, sure. you know. And they I, made beer on the way. <laughs> No, these are not the the monks that make oh, beer. Okay. Um, and um, but I appreciate the the thought. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, you know, and you know, like left their families or left their wives or husbands to like go right. and 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 that's what I was contemplating. Cassie was like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I don't know. I'm just you know, but I was having a hard time because I wasn't experiencing the presence of God. I think. Basically, I think the enemy was tempting me with some of these ideas. Right. And um, so the fast was really hard. It was a very difficult season to get through. Um, but around the 20th day, it was like the presence of God came back. And I was like, whoa, you're back. I mean, I literally in prayer, because I was still praying and reading my Bible, but literally in prayer, I was just like, whoa, you're back. You sensed. Oh, my goodness. It was night and day. I even just feel it right now when we're talking about it. Cool. <laughs> and um, and the first thing the Lord said is like you know yeah that idea about you know being a leave, leaving leaving your family it just, wasn't well, me it's not me I was like <laughs> oh thank God <laughs> I mean it sounds crazy but I think it's important to talk about because people who are um, experiencing spiritual things and revival like there is a strong there, there can be these kind of dangers in there. Sure, like vow of uh, chastity and vow of poverty. And well, the, those things can be good if, if it's sure. in a, uh, I mean, you've not taken a, a... Not a wandering monk, You've though. taken a vow of poverty, <laughs> for example. <laughs> I, I rebuke that. <laughs> so, um, you know, right. I mean, I think it's, it's good and right to you know, to live a chaste life if you're not married. But if you are married, you should stay married. Sure, it's, so it's fine to be a monk, but a wandering monk, maybe not so much. Not so much. Anyway, <laughs> just to get back to it. So, and then I felt like the God said, I want you to start, like, I want you to start praying for all the churches where I'm going to show you. Yes. And he led me into the next day into the cathedral in downtown Santa Fe. And he said, there's a place in here I'm going to show you 
And there were parts of, it was kind of a mixture in the cathedral, almost like a mixture in the church. Was it like an Anglican cathedral? It was a Catholic. Catholic cathedral. So, okay. uh, and um, there's some, not without getting into it all, there's just some elements of it that were kind of like syncretistic. Sure. But there was this place he took me by, a baptismal that was really beautiful. I later found out it was made during the charismatic renewal. Wow. And it was, the Lord's like, this is here. This is where, it was in the center of the church. He's like, this is where I want you to pray. Hmm. So not at the front, like normally you'd expect, but it was in the very middle. Hmm. And so I would just go to that place and pray for the churches. Um, the 39 the city. churches. And it was like, I was like so grateful to God. Like I was just hearing from him again, sensing his presence. And so um, that final night, I was just like, okay, Lord, this is it. Like, this is my night. I'm going to come out and hear from you. And so I just went on a very extended walk. I didn't know how extended it would be. And as I began the walk, God began speaking to me. And uh, he gave me this um, extended download about kind of giving me more clarity. Like about downtown in uh, Santa Fe? I was in the not. In the cathedral? I, yeah, I wasn't downtown. I was, um, we lived... Um, kind of at this little uh, YWAM base in Santa Cruz, and it, the place was called Ojo Court, which means eye or spring. So hmm. it's almost like place of vision. Yep. Um, um, so all to say, or place of origin. It's kind of cool how God used that like. The origin stuff. Yeah, just. 10 days version. Yeah, he, yeah he, he totally did that with the name of the place. And um, so we went, I went out, this was kind of on the outskirts of town. I would do this all the time, just go on these long prayer walks. And um, so I just started to hear God speaking to me. And he was like, you are someone who goes before someone greater to prepare a way for them. And I was like, huh. Sounds okay. a little bit like John the Baptist. Right. And then I, he said, you're going to, you're, you're. And I was like, Lord, is this someone like, is this a person or a generation or is this Jesus? I'm like, right. Who, who's this greater? Like, you know, is this talking about? other people or is this talking about like the Lord's return I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about and then he said your, your life you're going to have you're like four people he said you're like um, Moses before Joshua mm -hmm. like Elijah before Elisha like Jonathan before David right. and like John the Baptist before Jesus he said that's what your, that's what your ministry is going to look a like a forerunner if you will a four, fourfold forerunner there were four yeah. I'd never thought of that before there you go so for four, four, four. So I'm, I have this experience and, and then he gives me those four things and I'm just kind of like, whoa, that's intense. Um, I had never heard, heard that this was something other people. You'd not, know, yes, it's, you'd not known a lot of, the, I didn't know this was a thing. John the Baptist thing. Right, right, right. I didn't know this was a thing. And so a few years ago, I, some of my friends, we were at a prayer meeting and some of my friends were very casually saying like, oh, so-and-so is a forerunner, like very <laughs> casually. And I was like really offended and intrigued because I was offended <laughs> because this was someone like, else. I, I, no, just that I had talked. It was so precious to me. This sure. thing, it was like one of the most precious things God had ever said to me. And, um, I had talked to Cassie about it, maybe a couple other people. And these guys were just throwing around so flippantly. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like that offends me, but how do you know you're a forerunner? And I'm right. thinking like, I know I am one because God <laughs> told me. <laughs> I am special. <laughs> I am special. <laughs> hey, if you're watching this, you are you special. You are special. You're special. I'm special. And yeah, God has, spe yes. God has beautiful, unique callings for all of us. This was just my experience. 
And so I've come to find out that this was something God was speaking, not just to me, but speaking to people all over the world, this idea ah, of being a forerunner. Others had a similar calling. Correct. And I was like, wow, that's, that was really encouraging and really cool just to realize this is not just me, but I can independently confirm what they're hearing and sensing, hmm. but this is something God is really saying broadly. So that was the, that was the first part of the 10 days, I don't know, series of words. Um, and from there, I just kept walking. So same, same did all of this come to you on the same day? All same on the walk? same night. Yep, same walk. It's like a three hour, it was a long walk. And I'm like getting really tired. God's not speaking to me. I'm like, I'm just gonna stay out here until blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think I wanted to see an angel. <laughs> just cause. Just cause, cause that had happened for Daniel. And um, you know, I was just, at one point I was just like, Lord, at this point, I don't care. Like, just speak to me how you're gonna speak to sure. me. Sure. And um, as I was even heading home, um, I heard this phrase, Babylon refuses to mourn. Just out of the blue. Out of the blue. And I was like, this is the Lord. You knew. I knew it was the Lord. I heard it in my mind. I knew, but I knew it was the Lord. The mm. sense of God's presence was really heavy on me. Um, and it actually stopped me in my tracks. And I just kind of like answered back to God, like, but your people will mourn before you return. It's like I had a sense of knowing. Oh, wow. So it was a call response. It was a call and response. It was like, huh. he said that to me. I often share it as just like one thing, in a, but, but actually yes. in the experience, that's, that's it was a, yeah. a call and response. It was, and it was like, it drew out of me this response of, but your people will mourn. Before. It was you, like, I understood it. It's in the like spirit. God had put it inside of you to say that. Right, right, right. In response. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I knew it was about the book of Revelation, yeah, obviously, uh, Revelation 18. Um, so I just, you knew that right away because you had known Babylon. Yeah, I just, I just knew, I just knew that scripture. I, w I might not have known. Oh, it's Revelation 18, but I knew it was the latter part. It was in Revelation somewhere, right? Right. I knew he was speaking to me that that passage, and immediately I was like, Lord, what are you calling you? Because I was like, I've been seeking you for 21 days for what's next. Like I know you're calling me to do something. And I just heard, call my people to 10 days of fasting, mourning, and repentance mm. from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. Um, so that I, knew, I knew what those feasts were. I knew biblically some of the significance of them. And I knew that that had to do with kind of like looking forward towards the Lord's return. And I knew he was calling me to call people to enter into those, those feasts. Wow. Um, so then I was like, God, who is this for? And I was thinking, my mindset was, this is probably my next assignment in Santa Fe. And so I was like, is it for Santa Fe? And how did you know they were connected to the biblical feasts? That's not quite in Revelation 18, so. Well, no, I mean, right. I, so I didn't know Revelation 18 was con connected. I didn't think Revelation 18 was connected to the feasts. I just felt like God was saying the expression of obedience to this is this, this humbling yourself and fasting and right this is how this is how i want repenting. you this is how i want you to draw out a response of my church in mourning is through I these see, feasts. the morning uh, right yep but your people will mourn your people will mourn the expression i was called to was that that 10-day time period and that fit to you to your understanding of the fall feast that did because i had an understanding of i had been studying the feast i've always i even one of my papers in college was on the feast oh. um, so i had been interested in the feast because they're symbolic 
and sure. um, like the gospel, I, the paper I wrote was on the Gospel of John, not on the Fall Feast in particular, but you know, John is structured around the feasts, around yep. these, these eight, actually eight feasts. It starts with the a feast year. Yep. Um, in um, the, the wedding of Cana, yep. and then it ends with the Feast of Passover. Um, and so, anyway, I was, just backstory, I was curious about those things. So, Babylon refuses to mourn 10 days, um, call my people to 10 days of fasting, mourning, and repentance during this time frame. Um, and I was like, who is this for? Did you know the biblical tradition of the 10 days of awe, for example? I did. Yep. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, had, I had been reading some um, kind of like messianic stuff as okay. well that was talking about the feasts. Mm-hmm. It's just like look, exploring different perspectives on it. Um, so I was familiar with the days of awe idea cool. before this happened. Yeah, because it's a set-aside time leading up to the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Right, right. Um, and before this, too, I had had a really strong desire to do the 10 days leading up to Pentecost. Like, that was in my heart. Like, because mm. I wanted to see that first century Christianity manifest. Like, so I was like, it started with this 10-day thing leading up to Pentecost. I'm like, I wonder what it would be like to do that myself. Yeah. So these are things that have already been percolating, percolating. But about. this was like, boom, the Lord saying, go for it this way. So mm-hmm. who is it for? I was like, probably Santa Fe. God's like, oh, it's bigger. And every time I would ask, Get another it would be bigger, bigger. So finally, like it got as big as the U.S. And I was like, stop, because I was, I was, hor- I was frightened. This is when it went Star Trek on you. <laughs> Intergalactic. Uh, <laughs> no. It's everything everywhere. No, I just, I felt, but I, I felt like it was supposed to be the U.S. and then global. I felt like yeah. it was supposed to be a global calling. Which, of course, is overwhelming. That's a big thing. Right. And something I should say, too, is I was, my mindset in seeking this was I was thinking what's next, not what's next for a long time. I'm 22. Yep. I was thinking that year. Yep. That's what I was thinking. So you're getting a little bit of Daniel seeing into the future. Right, right. And, um, and so then I was like, God, how? Like, how can I do this? And I felt like the Lord showed me what I had done in Santa Fe, where I had called and just gone and mm-hmm. visited all these pastors. That's a model. And he said, it worked here. Like, you can do this this way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. And I, just, I, had a, I had a picture in my mind, a vision. I didn't. Once again, I still didn't know what visions were. <laughs> but I'm like, this picture is God talking to me. But it was like me driving. Just making murals in your mind. Yeah, me driving in my car and just going and talking to people. And I was like, okay, I can do that. You know, I can, sure. I I can, can go en- talk I to I can people. envision myself doing that. Yeah. Right. And then um, after that is where I saw this, this image, this picture in my mind again of a city. We actually have it represented here. Um, With the skyscrapers. Yeah, it was a, it was a city, um, you know, generic city, but covered in the glory of God. Mm. Almost like the glory of God was like a canopy over the city. Um, it was incredibly thick. And I knew that the city had stopped everything for 10 days. You just knew that. I knew it. Right? You just knew it. Just yeah. like in a dream, you know. You know things. You know yeah. things, right. So I knew these, the, the people, had, had, they weren't going to work. They weren't going to school. Businesses were shut down. People were just seeking the face of God for 10 days. And he was showing up because his glory. And his glory was manifesting 
and I knew the city would never be the same. It was like mm -hmm. the throne room in heaven was in a city. Never be the same. And I, I asked the Lord, these two questions came out of my spirit. I knew the questions were like, they were from me, but they were from the Lord. You know, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> how would you respond if a city sought you in this way? And then my second question was, is this how you want to answer Jesus' prayer in John 17? So how would you respond? It's almost like the, a little Abrahamic like with Sodom and Gomorrah almost, you know? Yeah, if we did this. Yeah, what would you do then? What would you do? Like, yeah. what, what would be your move if yes. this was our move? Yes. Um, and then it kept going. Like, this kept going, and it kept going. And it got like, like if you've read in like some of the prophetic experiences like Ezekiel or other people, like, they're like, afterwards they feel like exhausted. You know, sure. <laughs> and at the end of it, I was like, I was a combination of like euphoric and like exhausted because this thing I'd wanted to happen had happened. It but, was weighty. Yeah, but it was it was weighty. And so then the Lord said, you're also going to pray for 10 days leading up to Pentecost this year. 2004, 2005, right with the next year. And so I was like, God, this is too much. I basically I literally said this is too much 10 days, Lord. This is too much. <laughs> no, Jonathan, it's only twice a year, 10 days and 10 days, 365 days you and, got. And I was saying, you know, I, I was saying, and the Lord was showing me these pieces, but I was thinking like, well, how on earth am I going to implement in this, sure. in 2005? Yep. Like, I'm like, Lord, how, Short runway. how could we get any city to stop, much less many cities much less twice a year. And I'm thinking... This You're trying to stuff the whole global vision into one year. And now you can see, you know, sort of why, you know, I'm a problem because I'm always trying to figure out how is it going to happen. And of course, God was just like, just let that, you know, come in, son. And the Lord, the Lord spoke some other things to me too, just about some different things that, you know, some writing things. And, you know, it was just kind of giving me vision for, for the future beyond this as well. But that was essentially, that was the experience. Wow. So you didn't know it at the time because you were looking at it more short time frame that um, this would really be not only your life's calling, but also like a runway and a pathway to the Lord's return. And there's a part of this somewhere you figured out and tell us when that we were meant to do 10 days until the Lord's return. Yeah. Um, that, that came later because at first I was just like, how do I get this all accomplished in 2005? What, yeah. What have I like, well, like I was just like, what have I got myself into? And I felt like I, it, like there was a lot of warfare around this in the right. kind of the weeks after, because I felt, I, I literally felt a little crazy. Um, this was so outside of the box. Was this you, God? Is this like weird? Like Right, 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 right. And, and just like, you know, once again, not, not necessarily having a community of people where I can... I did have so many great people in my life. My wife, my parents, um, my pastor at the time, Martin Bond, incredible man great. of God who was always like there to like kind of balance me out. And, and they all thought you were nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have, I mean, I, and that's the thing. I was a little nuts because I was doing all these stupid things too. Sure. Because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And so it was hard, you know, it's like, it's hard to see in that early moment. Like, is this the Lord? What's the weave? We, well, you'd never encountered God like this before, right? right? So this is all new. Right. So out of that, as I mentioned, it was um, two days before 
Rosh Hashanah. Now, like most people, I don't, I didn't keep track of those things. Yep. So I ended the fast, I ate delicious food, <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. And then Cassie and I were like, we, should, we need to do the 10 days thing. Like we need to see, can a normal person do a 10 day juice fast? Mm. And we felt particularly like, I don't know why, juice just seemed doable for 10 days. Water <laughs> seemed like not doable. And uh, I was like, God wants a lot of people to do this. So we're normal, let's try it. And, and so she and I did this juice fast together. And we, were, we got to the end of it and we were like, whoa, like normal people can do it. It was hard, but we, you know, we were like, yeah, we did it. And then this is part of the cool thing of God's setup. That pastor's group I was a part of yes. had actually planned an event for the day after Yom Kippur on ah. the plaza. So it was a city. So we did our first 10 days, just me and Cassie. And you knew this was over those Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur days. Yeah, we had planned it to be like yep. right, right around then. And then we had this event, um, citywide unity event, yep. already planned. I was like on worship teams and a part of it. You Just know. so happens to be the day after 10 days fast. And so it's so it amazing. As you know, in many of our 10 days events, we've had these kind of culminating gatherings. Actually just, that's a, I didn't even think about that. That's a pattern that's been consistent. Yeah. But it was there from the very first year, a citywide event. Um, it's just amazing, like how God did that, and I just felt so much joy mm. at the end of this. Like, wow! Like we're seeing our city come together to worship Jesus together, to like declare the gospel to the city. The body of Christ is actually coming together, and like, yeah, I just did this. Like, I set out to hear from God. I heard from God, and like this is working. You did the juice fast, <laughs> and boom, the whole city's on fire. <laughs> right? It wasn't like. It wasn't like this breaking out of revival, but it was still sure. like it was significant. It was very significant, especially just just for me and my journey of seeing this happen. And um, yeah, so that was how ten days got started. Wow, that was the ten days vision. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That.